0: I feel like
1: we can run the table. Do You're locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation, I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And on today's show, Kevin Fishbane from the Athletic Chicago back on the program. And we're going to talk about Adrian Amos. I want to give you a really good view of who he is as a player, uh, what he went through in Chicago, the ups, the downs, why he was allowed to leave. And ultimately, uh, and, and although Kevin and I don't get into this, I'm going to start the show with who he is replacing because the Packers essentially did a flip with Adrian Amos and Haha ha Clinton Dix. Clinton Dix signing in Chicago on a one-year, $3.5 million prove-it deal, allegedly taking less money. He said he took less money. He said he left money on the table to play in Chicago with Eddie Jackson. I don't know if that's true. That's what he said. And there there was an interesting discussion that followed from people in Chicago. A lot of people I, I think are genuinely smart and and I trust on these things made it seem like the Bears got the better end of this swap. Let me be very unequivocal about this. They did not. And I'll take it a step further. The Bears are worse today than they were a week ago, or a week and a half ago, or whenever Adrian Amos was still on the team. And Bryce Callahan was still on the team because those guys are gone now. And the Bears replaced those two players. Really strong, really solid pair of defensive backs. A nickel corner and a non playmaking safety who is eminently reliable, consistent, and versatile. And they replaced Bryce Callahan with Buster Screen, one of the statistically speaking worst slot corners in football last year, and Haha Clinton Dix, one of the most roller coaster, high variance players at the position in the league. Amos is consistent. He is not going to have the interception numbers. And if you want a box score scout, that's your prerogative. You look at the numbers and you look at the interception totals and you're going to see Clinton Dix and Amos. It's not close. Clinton Dix, better coverage defender, right, based on interceptions. But it's just not true. Anyone who's watched those two guys play over the last two seasons in particular, Clinton Dix, really 17-18, his play really took a nosedive. And there were pretty obvious situations where it looked like he had, he was giving terrible effort. He was giving up on plays, taking really poor angles, uh, not attacking the ball in the air, not attacking ball carriers, not attempting to make tackles. And going to Washington didn't really change that. I mean, he was on highlight reels for the other team almost immediately. I mean, what Saquon Barkley did to him on some runs against the Giants was was borderline criminal. I mean, just made him look foolish. So you want to put him in a defense and say the talent around him is better in Chicago? Absolutely it is. And he has pre-existing chemistry with with Jackson, who he played with at Alabama? Sure, cool. New defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio is now in Denver. Denver did take a run at signing him. And it had been reported in Chicago that conversations fell off with the Bears and the Broncos, both of whom did have interest in signing Amos. So don't let anyone tell you that that's not what happened. That is what happened. The Bears had conversations with him. They wanted to bring him back. Denver wanted to bring him in, his old coach. Those conversations broke off when it became clear he had signed a deal. That deal was in Green Bay. So this idea that Chicago was just like, oh yeah, he can walk whatever. No, he left because he was going to get more money than Chicago was willing to pay him. To me, that is not evidence that he is the inferior player. In fact, the NFL market suggests otherwise. Even if Haha Clinton Dix left money on the table, and I'll just say I'm dubious, it wasn't more than a little bit let's just call it a million and a half let's say he had offers for five million dollars a year on the table Amos got nine Amos was considered a better player was and is He is a more consistent player he's a more reliable player and it is the case that Chicago wanted Amos to be more of a playmaker they got their playmaker but in order to do that they had to give up all of this reliability And that's a decision that they make, and and that's fine. That's their call. Green Bay went the other way. They said in Mike Patton's defense, what they need is a guy who they can rely on. They need a rock in that defensive backfield, especially because this is a draft that is so rich with other safety prospects. So now you can have the opportunity to draft Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Jonathan Abram or Nasir Adderley or Taylor Rapp. They can be your third safety, play behind Josh Jones, play next to Josh Jones. you got Tremont Williams at free safety, Adrian Amos at strong safety. Remember, those distinctions are overrated. And then that player can come in and, and maybe he can be your playmaker. But having consistency, having reliability at a position that is literally named for avoiding danger, the most important thing a safety can do is keep your defense Safe. It's right in the name. Amos is one of the most safe safeties in the league. Just is. So the interception numbers aren't there. The forced fumbles numbers aren't there, but he will do his job. And give me a team of 53 guys doing their jobs, and they can go win a Super Bowl. The Patriots prove it every year. making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawn Mower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Matt Williamson brings the Scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
0: Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, let's get to Kevin Fishbane. He is a... Chicago Bears beat writer at The Athletic Chicago. You can follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. Subscribe to The Athletic, all that great stuff. There's Packers stuff on there too, guys. You subscribe to The Athletic, it's one subscription, and you get everything on there. I subscribe, and I'm very glad that I do. Kevin, thank you for coming back on Locked on Packers.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So not much to talk about this week. Boring week in the NFL, so um, I thought I'd have you on. Sound good?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing else going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's it really is crazy when the Packers, a team that never signs any free agents, signs four in a single day, and it's not even like one of the two or three, maybe even four or five biggest stories in NFL free agency. We could be talking about Odell Beckham Jr., D. Ford trade. I mean, it really is crazy what's happened in the NFL over the last few days, but let's, let's focus for our purposes on the two teams that we cover because the Packers and Bears traded a player. Uh, And it was a a guy that I think a lot of uh, Packers fans are are less familiar with than some of the stars on that Bears team. But just from a 30,000-foot viewpoint, can you give me an idea of what Amos meant to the Bears' defense, what he was for that team?
0: Yeah, I mean, Amos, I kind of like to describe him as rock solid. Um, You know, unspectacular, but reliable, which is extremely important for the position he plays. You know, I I think that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hubbub around um, Chicago because he had such a high profile focus rating the last two years. And that wasn't, you know, obviously you look at his numbers and they don't spell out, spell that out. But what, what PFF is charting is, you know, every play he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's not getting beat deep. Um, you know, he's not getting beaten coverage too much. He's not missing tackles, which was a bit of an issue, uh, for a couple of the bears last year and their losses. Um, so, you know, Amos is very reliable. Um, you know, the, the problem that he had his first two seasons and which is why the bears signed Quinton Demps prior to 2017 is Amos just simply wasn't, um, he wasn't making big plays. Um, He was not making those impact plays, and they wanted, you know, more of a takeaway guy. So they signed Demps, Demps gets hurt, Amos steps in and has a career year. Um, And even though last summer the Bears were still saying they still wanted to see more from him, um, I think they were always pleased with what they got from him. Um, But, uh, you know, they were, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but they obviously were never going to pay what the the Packers were going to pay for Amos considering their cap situation.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, something that that is easy to overlook and, you know, you, you have a player who's constantly in the right place at the right time but isn't making those splash plays, not just from a fan perspective but from a team perspective, it, it, it can sometimes be easy to just say, well, we'd like someone that has more interceptions, who creates more turnovers, and they have that guy, they drafted that guy, Eddie Jackson is really good. But are we uh, are we overlooking the value of just being in the right place at the right time and, and what that can do for a defense? Because I look at a team like Green Bay, who basically since Nick Collins was hurt back in 2011, they ha- they have tried for almost a decade to find just that guy and haven't been able to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're onto something there. Um, and, and I should note to, um, you know, for the Packers fantasy, you know, the Bears, we're talking to Amos. I mean, this was not a, you know, they always knew that he was going to hit the open market, but this was not a, hey, we're not even going to take your call. We're not bringing you back. Thanks for, thanks for playing, you know, good luck. I mean, there were conversations and Amos expressed interest in returning, but you know, the, that they, whatever their price was, we'll never truly know. Um, That was just not something they were willing to pay when they're going to give Eddie Jackson, you know, seeing the numbers already coming out for Earl Thomas Landon-Collins, who, who knows what Jackson can command um, next season if he has another Pro Bowl-type year. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think you talk to different people and they might say that you can find those guys elsewhere. And, and you know, hey, the Bears found Adrian Amos in the fifth round. Um, who knows if they can't mm-hmm. find another guy like that in the fifth round. Um, yeah, I, I do think that part of the the, the consequence for Amos of being on this defense was his, um, his, his value was, I don't want to say overblown outside Chicago, but it was definitely higher outside the city. Because if you, if you rank the most irreplaceable guys in the defense, you know, you're know you going to say Akeem Hicks, Cleo Mack, Leonard Floyd, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, Kyle Fuller, um, Eddie Goldman. Uh, Eddie Jackson, all those guys, you would say before Adrian Amos, um, and, and so within Chicago, uh, you know that value was just not really being appreciated. And we, as you talked about some of that those reliability things, it was funny because Shiel Capadia, who does great work for us at the Athletic, when he ranked the top fifty free agents, he had Amos fourteenth, and a lot of Bears fans were chirping at him about it. And I, I talked to Michael. I totally get that ranking in terms of the the NFL, because the view of Amos in terms of what he can bring to another team was going to be more than what he could bring to a Bears team that already has a lot of either high paid playmakers or in the case of Eddie Jackson, um, you know, guys who are going to get paid soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a question of, of, you know, marginal utility. How much better does he make the Bears given all the playmakers and all the other guys that they have versus how much better does he make a team like Green Bay that has had a black hole at that position for years? I mean, I think it's pretty clear he'd be worth more to a team like Green Bay because of the improvement that he can that he can have at that position. I want to ask you about the pro football focus thing and not that that I need you to account for them. Uh, because that's a fool's errand you didn't you didn't do those grades but' I'm, I'm just wondering because've I've heard some of this but as someone who you know watched him on a, on a more regular basis, is this a case of you know back when when Derek Jeter's defensive rating used to be good because he couldn't get to balls that he he was not in position to have like errors and stuff like that because I do think that that was part of why haha Clinton dix consistently rated so well as he just was never in position to make any plays, so he didn't not make them, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you know, it's a good question because obviously what the Packers paid Adrian Amos and what, you know, reportedly we're seeing other teams had thought about him, I mean, it's pretty clear that that NFL teams believed um, that it was a situation where he was in the right in the right place, and, um, you know, it wasn't that like a situation like Clinton Dix. Like, he was doing the right thing and mm-hmm. being available to make some big plays. Um, I-, I do think, you know, and I, I'm kind of um, programmed to compare it to Bryce Callahan because he was the other Bears starting defensive back up uh, for free agency, so there was a thought that they would only be able to bring one back, of course. Now we know they're not bringing either back. But I would always ask myself, well, who did I notice more in a game? And, and, you know, every day and twice on Sunday, the answer was Bryce Callahan. That was a consequence of his position. And, you know, playing nickel corner and and being around the ball a lot. And and, and Amos wasn't like that. You know, Amos didn't blitz very much. You know, that that might, it's best to say he can't. I think that was just a scheme thing. You know, when Vic blitzed, which is very rare. He liked doing it from either the nickel corner or one of the inside linebackers. So we didn't see Amos in that realm. Um, you know, he would cover tight ends, and I think if you go through the numbers, I don't have in front of me. The Bears did really well um, against tight ends, and some of that is also mm-hmm. having guys like Trevathan and Roquan Smith as well. Um, and you know, he, he had he had a couple interceptions, and he had one. In the playoff game, the ball was thrown right to him. I mean, that was, you know, I wouldn't have given him like an incredibly great grade on that play, but you still have to make the play of the ball thrown to you, um, which he did. You know, the one thing I always go back to for Amos, which is a little bit on the negative end, is I go back to that Quinn Demp signing. You're talking about mm-hmm. Quinn Demps was 32. He was coming off a big year. Amos has started every game in his first two seasons. I think every game but one. So 31 starts in two seasons. So Ryan Pace and the entire personnel department watched every snap for 31 games and they believed at that juncture that 32-year-old Quentin Dems you know was a better option. Um, and, and yeah, again Amos deserves credit for the way he responded when he came back to the lineup and what he did this past season as well. Um, but I always go back to that that that, that how much did he really change from year two to year three, from year two to year four? Um, there's certain, obviously certain things within the organization that they were just never going to pay him like a top five, top ten safety. And I think you know, it kind of goes back to an evaluation they had a few years ago, right or wrong.
1: That's interesting because I was going to ask you, obviously, if you're going to level another criticism at him, it's, well, the Bears have a really good defense why wouldn't they pay to keep guys like Callahan and Amos together to make sure this defense remains the strength of the team moving forward was this just a case of they the market for those players got out of control and they didn't want to pay them
0: i I think that's part of it you know I would love to know if the Bears had 90 million dollars in cap space you know would mm. would we you know would Amos and Callahan would have already been resigned potentially um you know we we, we don't know and, and I think the cap space did factor in. And, and as I said earlier, you know, I, you know, I was told that they, that Amos and the Bears were talking and, and Ryan Pace kind of alluded to that at the combine. This was not a, you know, we're, we're ignoring you. We're not even interested in you. I mean, there was mutual interest there. Um, but when, when I saw the numbers and, and from knowing the Bears cap situation, knowing, also knowing the way the Bears, you know, are on defense, it was just, like, well, okay, the, 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 there's no way they're going to do that. There's no way they're going to pay, you know, as good as Amos was the past two years, um, you know, the, the guy was never even a Pro Bowl alter, alternate. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you can factor that in. You, you know, we mentioned all the other guys on that Bears defense. The Bears have to pay. And now, you know, the the other thing too that I forgot do you think to
1: mention, the Pro Bowl? I'm sorry. Do you think the Pro yeah. Bowl thing is more just about a fan thing and a popularity contest that he's just not the big name on that defense? Because to me, there aren't four safeties in each conference better than Amos.
0: So. I would say yes to an extent. However, Amos I think ended up like top two or top three in fan voting. So you know there was an, and, and I think that was actually I have it right. I have it right here. He was second in fan voting behind Jamal Adams uh, oh. for strong safety. So it was Jamal Adams, Amos, Clinton Dix, Landon Collins, and I think some of that was you know Bears fans were kind of flooding the voting mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know and and if they were gonna go on there to make sure Akeem Hicks got in well they might as well just vote for all the defensive starters so so Amos did have that and then clearly didn't get the other two-thirds that come from players and coaches to fall in um but but I do acknowledge the Pro Bowl is kind of a finicky way especially with a position like that when guys can be really good without putting up good numbers um I do also have to add and 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 I, I sometimes forget to mention this, but it's extremely important when talking about Adrian Amos from the Bears' perspective. We have no idea in Chicago what Chuck Pagano thinks of Adrian Amos mm-hmm. or Deshaun Townsend, um, the new defensive backs coach. And, and Pagano's history and background is with defensive backs. Um, so you know, if he walked in there and said, Ryan, I've watched the tape, this Amos guy would be fantastic in what I want to do on defense. I know we got Patty Jackson down the line. Let's worry about that next year. But I really love what Amos does. You know, if that conversation took place, I would imagine that would you know, be a big factor for Ryan Pace. And I don't know if Chuck Pagano said, listen, I think he's overrated. I don't need a big money guy, strong safety. You can get me a fourth round pick uh, or Deion Bush um, and I'll be just fine. So, you know, that's one of those things that we don't know. We probably won't find out. Um, but I imagine that that had to play some kind of role as the Bears were evaluating uh, Adrian Amos's value.
1: Yeah, you have to think if Chuck Pagano walks in the room and says, that's my guy, that they, they pay him, but maybe not. I mean, the, the money is an issue.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, and I wonder too how much of their evaluation of the defense, and this is where Chuck Pagano steps in, how much is they're looking at the other nine guys who are coming back? And say well, these guys are good enough that we can yeah. we can handle a downgrade. You know they already did handle a downgraded nickel cornerback. You know, Buster Screen is not as good as Bryce Callahan at nickel cornerback. Right. Um, maybe they, they they could believe they can weather it. And and frankly, you know I wrote about this today when talking about Cordero Patterson. Uh, if the Bears, who are number one in defense DVOA by a lot, if they drop down to seventh. You know, which would be a, a decently steep drop considering who they have, but let's just throw that out there. But their offense moves from 20th to, I don't know, 12th. You know, what does that mean for them? What does that mean for next year's team? But they also have an offense that, yes, it's returning all 12 starters, 11 starters, but it's returning all 11 starters from a pretty mediocre offense. So, you know, that that is kind of some, uh, 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 that wild card, that X factor in terms of w- how they're looking at this team. You know, the one thing, too, about Amos is, you know, there were reports that, that that talks took place even before last season about getting extension done, but I just don't think the Bears would have done that because they wanted to see another full year of what he could do. You know, they'd see, obviously seen a lot, but they just I don't think they were going to be ready to commit that, especially getting this, this glimpse of what Eddie Jackson could do. Um, and the great hypothetical is if Eddie Jackson's not there it is a done deal. They already brought Adrian Amos back, um, as you mentioned, that 85%, 90% of what he's getting. Um, you know, this isn't like a, you know, they got a lot of flack for not, you know, re-signing Kyle Fuller the year before. He, you know, was eligible for the transition tag last year. Um, but this is similar where there was nobody really sitting around Hallis Hall uh, last September thinking, oh, we got to get, you got to get Adrian Amos an extension right now. Um, I, I think, and it goes back to the earlier points, it is a consequence of where he ranks among this defense. And there's just so many other guys that are you know, higher impact players for what this group does.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be interesting. If motivation was a problem at all, uh, he's going to get two games a year against his old team. So at the very least, it is going to be fun. Kevin, uh, let my listeners know. Uh, they should already know, but let them know where they can find uh, the work that you do.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Athletic Chicago is where all my Bear stuff is, and uh,
1: you can check it out on Twitter, at KFishbane. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, hopefully we'll get some news here. We can have a, a more fun discussion next time.
0: <laughs> all right. Sounds good, Peter.
1: All right. I want to thank Kevin again for joining the show. Always great insight from him there. And uh, there's still more in the off season to go, so we're going to have uh, a discussion later in the week about Preston Smith, working on scheduling the Zadarius Smith interview. Um, figuring out what we want to do with Billy Turner—is it a big enough signing? Do you want to hear about him? Do you want to, Do you think that that signing does that have you juiced enough? Does that have you interested enough for me to dedicate an entire episode to a discussion about him? Let me know. Uh, let me know on Twitter at Peter_Bukowski. Hit me up on Facebook. You can follow the show at Locked On Packers. You can subscribe to the show. Leave it in a review. Leave it in a rating on iTunes. Let me know what you're thinking. If you'd like to hear there or. You can always hit me up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline. You know the number, put it in your phone, send me a text, give me a call, whatever you want to do, leave a voicemail, 920-341-3775, free agency, winding down, we're going to pick it up as we look toward the draft, so there's still so many reasons and so much to get to, so you have to stay Locked on Packers.